Take over, will you, Bill? I'm going back to do my stuff with the passengers. Right. Oh, hello, Colonel. You should have warned me. Oh, I'm sorry. I assumed you would have seen the passenger list before you took off. I'm, well, me. Oh, how are you? Yes, and of course my friend here is Marina. Well. Hmm. I just figured that since you haven't pressed the button on the randomizer yet, it was time to introduce you to the equipment. I think your equipment is fabulous, but uh, I am familiar with it. Yes, the, uh, the randomizer is the one over here, actually. Uh, well, looks like you're the answer to all our prayers. Marina, will you please stop encouraging him? Uh, Colonel, that's not quite what I called you back here for. So? So, well, you know, I was hoping you might press the button for us today. Do you think you could maybe refocus your attention on that, uh, just for a moment? I suppose so. Excellent. Well, whenever you're ready. Right. We've waited a long time for this one. Yes, I do hope it'll be something good. You know, this job can sometimes be a bit difficult. You've done a good job. The best. Oh, you really think so? Yes. Huh. I could tell you more over dinner. Uh, oh, uh, there's the printout. Right. Let's see what we have today. Okay, well, we're back with the protectors. I don't believe it. Uh, but an interesting episode to talk about, I feel. It's with a little help from my friends. Oh, get out of here. Which is not something I'm likely to get much of around here today. You just better hope I'm never in a position to press the button on you. So, welcome back to the protectors on the randomizer, and we begin in the streets of London. Where is he? What do you want? I said, where is he? With this interesting uh, directing choice, this is Hannah Gordon um, emerging from the underground station in Trafalgar Square, hopping on a bus, but on, on the journey over to wherever she's going, we know not where, A, she's being followed, and B, she's hearing little flashbacks. You won't be in that. You can't see it. Get the boy in the car. Stay right where you are. She's obviously in uh, some distress. This is some nice location filming. London uh, looks very busy, very cold. Um, I don't much envy her. Oh, there's a, a Zeta One. There was a poster for something called Zeta One outside a shop there. Is that a film? That sounds like a sci-fi film. Probably not a very good one. But anyway, she has now arrived at Harry Rule's flat. Harry Rule. That's his name. Yeah? Now, that's not going to help. For pity's sake! Follow the instructions in the letter and don't do anything hasty like phoning the police. Please! Okay, let's go. Johnny! Johnny! And uh, this is uniquely the only time we see the downstairs part of Harry Rule's flat, I believe. I mean, of course, yeah, we see the downstairs bit from the outside. We see people, you know, going in and out of it. But uh, as an interior set, we don't often see that room. Um, you know. And especially we don't often see uh, Hannah Gordon uh, lying unconscious on, on, the, uh, on the floor there. So there you go. The fans of Harry Rule's apartment who believe there was only one room. Um, in addition to that rarely seen back entrance that he mentions a few times, there we are. There is more than one room. Hurrah. And hopefully, uh, Suki will look after Laura. Because meanwhile, Harry is over at an airport meeting the Contessa and Paul. Well, Harry, it's good to see you. I'm swinging London, hello. We're not going to have much time to swing. we got an important assignment. But swinging is what we do best. Oh, dear. And um, an interesting credit there. Ah, the big three. It looks as if our informant was correct. Oh dear, they were being spied on. Yeah, an interesting credit. Screenplay by Sylvia Anderson. I believe this is the only episode of any Anderson series that she gets sole writing credit for, which is interesting. 
I'm sure it was genuine. Well, let's find out what it's all about. I never could resist a helpless female. I'm happy. So few of them around anymore. Harry. Now I'm sad. Because, of course, it's... Harry? It's his ex-wife. I must talk to you. It's important. Uh, Harry, we'll, uh, we'll see you later. The, the usual place, 8.30. I'm sorry to burst in on you like this. I said I never would, but oh, this will tell you why. Here we go. Backstory time. Harry's ex-wife has been alluded to in previous episodes, as has the son that they had that uh, she now has custody of. But someone else has now got custody of son. When? I, I came as soon as I received it. As we heard from all that, uh, all those flashbacks earlier. Yes, but I lost him. Well, I was nearly out of my mind. What am I going to do? We, Laura. No, no, Harry. They said to contact no one. It, it's too important to take chances. But you've got to do as they say and come with me, with no one else involved. Please, Harry. It's sad we, uh, we saw Harry actually happy for once, for a brief moment as he uh, arrived back in the flat, and now we're back in standard Harry rule. Um, I don't want to say grumpy, but uh, serious mode. Oh, and now we're seeing Harry's bedroom. Um, I believe that that did show up in a couple of other episodes. I believe there's an episode that ends with him uh, about to take a young lady to bed and uh, Gus the dog is on the bed. Can I get you some tea or some drink? No, thank you. We're just leaving. Harry, please, let's go. I don't want to talk to Suki. Oh, poor Suki. Just Mr. Rule? No, no messages. Oh, that was an attempt at a, a confused reaction from Yuzuko Nagazumi there. No one seems to want to spend any time with Suki in this series. They're always saying, no, no, I'm going now. Go away. Shut up. Leave me alone. That we have to guarantee the safe custody of President Ali during his London stay. And also, that is a subplot for this story. Since Castro, I can think of a million reasons why his life would be in danger. Let us continue to talk about things that we already know. Anyway, where the devil is Harry? <sighs> I think we have been stood up. You've been stood up in a very nice restaurant. You left in a big hurry with a lady. No rendezvous? That means Harry's in trouble. That means no swinging. Mm. So now Harry is arriving in a, in a nice uh, country house. That's the right description. And of course, uh, Harry Rule is not the uh, the only Anderson character to have a, an estranged wife and... Uh, and son, this is of course harkening back to um, you are expected to the Strakers, Ed and Mary Straker in, in UFO, and their son Johnny. And uh, as you may have heard in dialogue earlier, the Rules' son is also named Johnny. Mr. Rules, sir. Because I guess that's just what you called kids in the seventies. They have now arrived at the house of one Jeremy Brett. It is a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Harry Rule. There he is. And to know that you will be working for us. We are very, very honoured. With his two henchmen, obviously up to no good. And there's Johnny. That is so good. Mommy? Mommy! With his uh, obviously dubbed voice. Oh dear. Oh, there's a sign for Harry Rule's detective agency on the outside of his uh, house. Paul and the Contessa are keeping an eye on that from a distance. I'm just not sure we're doing the right thing sitting here doing nothing. Maybe Harry isn't able to get in touch with us. Oh, don't worry. Harry will find a way of getting a message through. Harry will find a way. You really do believe in that guy, don't you? Well, what else is... 
Well, considering according to the show's backstory, you and he set up the uh, Protectors organization in the first place, Paul. I did leave a message after all. I was doing my routine telephone check on the second line recording machine when I discovered it. Oh. All right, Suki, go ahead, play it back. Why didn't you, why didn't you do that earlier? Honestly, the dog's more used than you are. The same plan as we did in the Conroy case. Outside the hotel, message ends. Thanks, Suki, keep in touch. Well, we have no idea what's going on. So let's get started. But uh, unlike certain other episodes, I'm sure we'll find out along the way. They say. It's nice that we seem to have uh, two different plots going here. We've got. Uh, but you are risking your life in a good cause. The protector's assignment to protect a person we haven't actually met yet, and uh, Jeremy Brett having kidnapped the rural son. The of a famous political leader is a very serious crime, and is usually very rapidly dealt with. And of course, Jeremy Brett, best known for for being Mr. Sherlock Holmes, obviously. Um, he appeared in several ITC shows, and he very often appeared in roles where he was um, ever so slightly browned up to, uh, to to be various swarthy foreign types, as he has been here, um, with the addition of a, a very snazzy moustache as well. Yeah. Thank you. And amazingly, this is his only Anderson appearance, I think, for, for old Jeremy Brett. One of his Watsons did appear in, in Space Precinct, of course. Uh, David Burke was Vashel in Seek and Destroy. Yes, get me our agent in Turkey and check on the flights from Ankara tonight. We have an agent in Turkey. Caroline, let's spread. All right, you take care here, and I'll look after President Ali. Okay, I hope he wears it. He'll wear it. Where's what? Again, I'm sure we'll find out soon. Hotel Excelsior, Gino. Yes, ma'am. Where is the Hotel Excelsior? Why, it's none other than Neptune House, which is the exterior of Harlington Straker Studios in UFO. Uh, also appeared in uh, Doppelganger. Mr. President and no tricks. And um, various other shows and films. Of course, it is the uh, the location for the uh, the now sadly axed Holby City. This is the Contessa di Contini. She is a member of our official party. Here's the president there protecting. President, we're running out of time. Played by Martin Benson. I shall be going out with the Contessa. Shall I accompany you, sir? Another actor who did... Uh, not necessary. Lots of other ITC things. I shall not need you until tomorrow morning. I am in very good hands. Shall we go, Contessa? And again, another one who was often uh, browned up for uh, for roles in these shows. Anyway, she's got a gun at his back. They're uh, luring him out to the Contessa's limo. Just, uh, just have a friendly word with him. They're still being followed by Zakar of Zebadis. Oh. Um, we went to an advert break cliffhanger there on a shot of someone. I have no clue who that was. I, that might possibly have been their Turkish agent. I don't know who that was. That's interesting. Hello. Uh-huh. When? How long ago? Hatem Prince Oh, no, it must be one of his men. Left his hotel with the charming Contessa. I only hope for your sake that he has returned by the time you get there. I really would hate to carry out my threat. But a bargain is a bargain. Why? Why must you hurt innocent people? No one is innocent connected with Mr. Hadley Rule. Isn't that right, Mr. Rule? And this is an interesting setup, this uh, glimpse at the... One coming up. ...the history of the, the rules. No sign of it. Again, it's it's somewhat familiar if if you know UFO and the uh, 
the marital problems of the Strakers. This is similar territory. I kind of wish it got more focus, because to be honest, it feels like, hey, that worked before, let's do it again, but without the time to really um, flesh it out. Up to one hour. Meanwhile, Paul's at the airport. Yes? How did it go? Everything's gone according to plan. What about you? Uh, problems. The flight's been delayed. Maldetta, what's the new ETA? 10.45. Jeremy Brett's keeping an eye on his watch as well. Get some sleep, Mr. Rule. I'll be smoking all night. You have a long day ahead of you. Look, I don't know what your political ambitions are, but any blood you spill on the way better not be connected with me. That really depends on you, Mr. Rule. Harry's being unusually, um, well, sedentary, really, for him. Um, I know his family is at stake, but can... You know, he's normally a bit more dynamic than this, a bit more action-oriented. Good. The new rendezvous is at Shenton Lane in 30 minutes. Except for that episode that he didn't uh, didn't bother to turn up for for about halfway through. All right. Ciao. And going back to this episode being, uh, I, I believe, Sylvia's sole writing uh, contribution to the Anderson universe. Obviously, she would have um, co-written bits with, with Jerry over the years. Mostly that was, like, first episodes and occasional dream episodes or shrinking episodes and of course the second series of supercar beyond that you very rarely see uh, a, a, a woman's name on on any scripts for any anderson show obviously roberta lee um beyond that i struggle to think there must be more than just sylvia and roberta lee jane baker uh, one half of the legendary pip and jane baker contributed to a Space 1999 script, but uh, it is a shame that there weren't more female writers over the years. There absolutely should have been, but I find this, this parts of this really interesting, just in terms of Sylvia's mindset, knowing how her relationship with Jerry was going at this point and ultimately was leading up to their divorce just a few years after. Mr. Rule? Well, not divorce, their separation. They weren't divorced until uh, till the 80s. Uh, I do find it quite interesting what events took place in their lives that led to this idea for a story. Anyway, the Contessa and Chino have returned to Neptune House with Monsieur President. Good night, Mr. President. And uh, Jeremy Brett's man on the scene is, uh, is watching his return with great interest. Time to go, Mr. Rule. Well, it looks like the president is now leaving Harlington Straker Studios, being escorted by the Contessa and Paul. A crowd of people there to watch him go. Several familiar extras from other Anderson shows and wearing dark uh, glasses, Mr. Harry Rule fights his way forward. He's only gone and shot the president. And the Contessa's only gone and shot him. I'm a and again, Jeremy Brett's man on the scene has seen the whole thing. I love that the Contessa just shows her ID to um, policeman and says, "Yes, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm licensed to kill people. It's fine. I just shot this guy." Oh, Harry's bleeding from the lip. He's definitely dead. We put a blanket over him. I th hmm. I think that that police car that just arrived and, and one of the uh, uh, non-uniformed officers that just got out actually 
was seen walking by the studio earlier as a different character. Did he have inside knowledge on what was going to happen? As the Protector seemed to have hatched some kind of plan here as uh, they leave Shadow HQ along with an ambulance. Heading for the mortuary. Oh, and that's a very narrow... Uh, very narrow sides of two buildings to get an ambulance like that down. They nearly, uh, nearly smacked the corner of the wall as they turned there. Now here we are in the mortuary, which I believe is a redress of the uh, hospital set from Think Back, the episode that I had a lot of trouble with on the randomizer, despite being a good one. All right, Harry, you've had your happy ending. Now what about the rest of the story? Yay, he's not dead. I don't believe it. Harry, he, he can't be dead. I'm afraid it is true. There is no doubt. Oh my God, I've lived through this moment so many times that now that it's happened, I just can't accept it. Perhaps death is an anticlimax. Perhaps the fear of death is worse. It certainly made Jeremy Brett's morning. It means nothing to you, does it? it? You just don't care. Care? No, why should I care? What is this care? Ah. I am Jeremy no. Brett. The laws of mortal men do not apply to me. You see, where I come from, life is cheap. There we go. What I do care about is the living and the lives that I can save. Unfortunately, yours are not among them. I kind of like as well this um, this meeting of of Laura Rule, someone who's who's obviously been aware of what her husband's work involves and is has chosen to walk away from all that. Meeting someone who is, you know, that I will be able to lead my a, a regular you know, villain, for lack of a better word. Uh, although he doesn't consider himself a villain, uh, from that world. Um, it's nice that she gets to sort of see up close and personal, very personal. Harry's life is... I am a man of peace. What Harry actually has to deal with. Again, it's it's another useful sort of shorthand to see why their relationship didn't work. I wish we could have had more of that. And I kind of wish... You should... Beautiful lady. That, um... A, not only that we got more Jeremy Brett in the Anderson universe, but B, that Hannah Gordon returned somehow along the way in The Protectors. And I'll take that risk. You see. Just some more... Oh, there's Paul. Just, just some more hint of uh, what went on... Over here. ...with the rules. I guess we can surmise easily enough, but... Uh, Hey-ho. Anyway, Paul has now walked in to save Laura. He's got Jeremy Brett's henchman number one on the floor taking his gun away from him, but he didn't count on. Get over there against the wall. Now you, over here. And keep your hands where I can see them. Henchman number two. I assure you I am unarmed. There he is, and Paul's felt the gun in his I back. I think we hold the ace. And henchman number two is played by Mark Zuba. Give me your gun. Who appeared in Space 1999 twice. He was... Uh, he was in the episode Black Sun, and he was a security guard in Brian the Brain. I think Brian the Brain was the only one he got any dialogue in. The chips are looking very down for Paul and Laura. Do what must be done. Now, for God's sake, no! 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 And Jeremy Brett is still smoking, because uh, what else are you going to do? You're Jeremy Brett. Oh, and Laura's looking very upset. Here comes Mark Zuba, henchman number two. Bleeding from the mouth. 
giving Paul enough time to knock out henchman number one, grab his gun. It's okay, Johnny. It's okay. Yay, Johnny is saved. Um, honestly, I'd forgotten that Johnny was even an issue. It's okay. So it's all over now, and uh, Jeremy Brett... Well, you see, Mr. President, it was necessary to hide you away and replace you with our Turkish colleague. Oh, that's where the Turkish colleague came into it. Yeah, Jeremy Brett's plan is foiled. Um, capsules to achieve I don't know what's happened to him, but it, 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 everything's fine now. The day is saved. I am most happy that I am still sufficiently alive to be able to say thank you personally. I am happy to be alive. That's a line. This is all. Caroline, if you take the president in your car, I'll follow behind. All right. See you later, Ciao. Harry. Oh, so now everyone's gone. It's just Harry and Laura, and uh, Johnny is presumably tucked up in bed, safe and sound, being looked after by, and that puts a smile on Harry's face, Gus. Gus is in bed with the little boy. Gus. Gus is such a gorgeous animal. And I think I've said before, but the only, I'm sure the only time Robert Vaughan is genuinely happy, at least appears to be genuinely happy, is when he's got a dog to talk to and play with. They do seem to have a nice rapport. There he is, uh, Harry's tucking Johnny up in bed, and uh, Gus is like, Give me some attention. Please, I'll snuggle with you. Come on, Gus. Again, speaking of characters we needed to see more of, why is there no uh, Day in the Limelight episode for Gus? Oh, he's a good boy. And now we'll have a little bit of uh, angsty banter between Harry and Laura. It's been very hard for you. You too. Oh. Difference is that you're geared to it and I'm not. Yeah, so this dialogue hints at the, the falling out, but um, because the show is so short, because we only get the the one appearance of Laura, and because it was, you know, a... a a, not a subplot, but a co-plot running alongside the main action. I'm trying to forget you. Uh, it doesn't work as well. Change my name. I've put five thousand miles between us. As the Strakers breakup did. Still, someone finds out you're my wife. But that might be because the the Straker breakup stuff was handled so exceptionally well. This looks mundane a bit by comparison. When will you leave? Yep, she's already at the airport. It's just you know accepted that she'll leave, there'll be no uh, attempt to to work things out. She's at the airport lounge all by herself, well, with Johnny, who's got his finger in his ear, and uh, he's also got a, a, a red toy truck out of the deal, so not too bad. So their flight's been called. She keeps looking around for Harry, but of course, he's not there, because she said, you know, I don't want anything to do with you. We don't need you in our lives. But she takes that one last look round just before heading out to the departure gate and he's not there. But he was watching on the observation deck as the plane took off. Because he's not, you know, he's, he's a sensitive soul at heart, is our Harry. And uh, there we go, that was... With a little help from my friends, ending on a, a screen, uh, ending on a freeze frame there even, and uh, yeah, very interesting episode. Uh, not so much for uh, for what goes on in it, but more for the fact that Sylvia wrote this just a few years before splitting up with with Jerry, and um, it, I just 
I, I wonder if she put this out there as a sort of, you know, almost like a warning to him, saying, you know, I could walk away from you. My family takes precedence over our work together. It's, it's, I'd love to hear her talk about this. Sadly, I don't think she ever did. Uh, a pretty strong episode from The Protectors.